All right, there's not a lot going on with the Vikings right now, so we are going to do a different kind of show today. We're going to ask what should happen and what will happen with a bunch of key players in the NFL and, of course, mostly with the Minnesota Vikings. This is the Viking Update Show. This is part of TalkNorth.com. Thanks to our sponsors, Aquarius Home Services, TSR Injury Law, and Star Bank. We are coming to you from the Aquarius Home Services studio. Our, our producer is Brandon Morton. Check out TalkNorth.com for all of our shows, including the John Krasinski Show on the Timberwolves and the NBA. Uh, good, really good show this week, by the way. And, uh, and if you like a show on the network, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. All right, John, we're going to have a little fun today. Let us ask the questions. What should happen and what will happen? Let's start with Daniil Hunter. What should happen with the Vikings and Daniil Hunter? And what do you think will happen with the Vikings and Daniil Hunter? Okay, um, I do think I I I think that these two things are probably the same. Um, as much as I would love to see Daniel Hunter here and continue as what has been a great start to his career with the Vikings, um, I I I just get the feeling that this is a player and a scheme roster, um, you know, uh, approach to the game that are incongruent that are not quite on the same page. And so what should happen is I think it, I think that it would be better for all involved if Daniel Hunter can find his way onto another team. And, but most importantly that the Vikings can get real return for him. Um, And so, um, that's why I would I, I tend to start to think that what could happen is he ends up playing another year here because I wonder at this stage of the offseason going into training camp, not, you know, a, a less than a month away, um, just a few weeks away, actually, um, that some team is going to come forward and offer enough draft pick compensation or other things to really make it worth the Vikings parting from one of their best defensive players, because much like we talked about on our, on our basketball show about, you know, the, 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 the stuff that Portland has to do with Damian Lillard to make sure that they get a good return for parting with the franchise icon. Um, the, the, the Vikings can't afford to just give him away. Um, and so, um, they should find a home for him and 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 get a good return, but I just wonder if they will be able to, and that's why I lean toward. Hey, it could be that they've that they've got to try and convince Daniel to play here next season, and then maybe it resolves itself after the season. Uh, we are in agreement. Jeff Diamond's been very good on this. On Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, basically saying that this should be a really easy deal to do. The way you can move money around in the NFL, the way you can add voidable years and make it all work. Uh, it's all you know, there's so many, uh, so many ways of engineering deals in the NFL. Uh, if the Vikings aren't sure they want Daniel Hunter long term, or they're not sure he's going to stay healthy or be as explosive two years from now, then there's a way to pay him a lot of money this year. And then kick the can down the road. And then, you know, maybe he maybe he has 15 sacks and you go, okay, that's our franchise player. We're going to invest heavily in him, whatever it takes. And maybe he has a lesser year and you go, okay, now we really don't mind moving on from him. I don't think right now is the time to part ways. This defense, I think, desperately needs him. There's a team built to win now. It's an NFC and a division where 
they should win the division. They should have a home playoff game. And while I think the Eagles and the 49ers are better than the Vikings, you never know what's going to happen with injuries and, and, and weird things that happen in sports in the NFL. This is a year you just can't not have a great pass rusher. So I say throw money at them this year, find a way to do it, and then make the bigger decision next year. Yeah, right. it, makes, it makes a lot of sense to do it that way. I, I would say so. Yep. Okay, next one. And this is probably an easier, shorter conversation. What should happen and what will happen with Justin Jefferson, both in terms of contract and production this year? Yeah, I mean, I, this is this is easy, right? Like, I, I go back to thinking about Rounders and um, that that movie Rounders and Teddy KGB at the end when he gets beaten by uh, by Mike McDee and he says, "Pay him, pay the man his money." Like that's that's just what it is. He is a he is one of the most marketable um best players in this league uh you have to keep him here and you have to keep him happy and so give him all of the money and figure out everything else later and and so that that's both what should happen and i think it's what ultimately will happen whether it's tomorrow or or leading into the season or 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 whatever it is the vikings just always take care of the guys they want to keep and so they're going to pay him and, and, uh, and everything will keep moving in the right direction. Uh, in terms of production, I think is the more interesting question. I agree. I'm not going to repeat everything you just said. I think you're right on in that regard. It's funny. People were asking me last year at summer, you know, is Justin Jefferson going to be the Cooper cup of the Vikings? And I was like, well, no, he's cup, you know, there's more of a move around guy. He's more of an underneath guy and he's going to catch and run. And they're just going to manufacture catches for him. He's going to break enough tackles to make big plays. I mean, and then just Justin Jefferson goes out and has all the catches and all the yards. Different way, different style, uh, more of a downfield receiver, but they did engineer all those catches for Jefferson. He really is their Cooper Cup, only better probably. Uh, now you've added Addison. Now you have a full year of Hawkinson. Uh, you have a very good third receiver in K.J. Osborne. Does his production dip at all because of scheme and defenses and uh, balanced passing offensive talent? Or is he just going to get his catches because he's Justin Jefferson? Yeah, I mean, I I think that he's going to get his. Um, I think he is that level of player that even when you scheme against him and you know what's coming, essentially, um, he still is going to find a way to, to, to make an impact. And I think that is also where Kevin O'Connell comes into play here. I mean, he is very creative in terms of moving Jefferson around and the the, the variation of the route tree, um, the way that they get the ball in his hands. And there is no illusions um, from this coaching staff about, you know, who their best player is and what they have to do with it. And so um, in the hands of a, of a less aggressive and creative coach um, or, you know, even all, even with a lesser quarterback, because I think that cousins trusts him, uh, undeniably and also can make all of the throws necessary to get Jefferson the ball. I just think that he's in a position to um, continue to just be a mega productive receiver. Like, I mean, all of, you know, we see all of these stats of the first, you know, three years and he's up there with Randy Moss and every single one of them. And I just don't see any reason to think that that's going to slow down just given the combination of talent he has around him of scheme and coach drawn up plays for him and of the quarterback who can make those throws to get him the ball. Um, and so he should really be 
thought of as a possible, you know, record breaking receiver um, in, in every category. And I, you know, he is entering his prime right now and it's just get, you know, get him the ball and get out of the way. And I, I think the Vikings will be able to do that, especially given that they have added enough weapons around him to make it much more difficult for a defense to say, we're just going to focus on him and let other people beat us. Agreed. I have nothing to add to that. What should happen and what will happen with Dalvin Cook? Um, the running backs are really hard. I don't know. I guess I don't know why the Dolphins haven't signed him already. Maybe it, maybe there are some money issues. Maybe maybe they're they're just trying to wait it out a little bit more. But he should go to the Dolphins, um, and he should really step into an explosive offense and be a a a good part of it. I mean, he won't be Tyreek Hill. He won't be uh, Tua and, and uh, Jalen Waddle in terms of like the the focal points of the offense. But man, he could be a really really important uh, facet of it. And so it must be a money issue right now. Um, but I, you know, I, I just think that that's gotta be what Dalvin does if he wants to sort of, I, I, I get the sense that he wants to, you know, really prove to everyone that he's still very productive, productive and has a chance go to a good offense that you have players around you um, in a, in, you know, in a place where you're comfortable and and make it happen and and so uh that should happen and i do think it could it, it will happen because i just don't know what other alternatives are out there for him right now yeah what should happen he should go play in miami uh hometown and in you know in a great running offense that has tremendous receiving talent that spreads things out uh i think an off an excellent offensive coach uh, i just think he will have huge running lanes in that offense what will happen my guess is if he isn't signed by now, and we're talking here on Saturday, uh, July 8th, if he hasn't signed by now, my guess is he's going to wait for somebody to get hurt in training camp and try to capitalize on that as either a play, new place to sign or as leverage for whatever deal he wants to get done. Uh, I, if I were him, I would sign with Miami, have a big year, understand you're running back. It might not be fair. You're probably just not going to get a long-term contract the rest of your career. You have to go year by year and prove yourself. Uh, but you can, you're gonna, you're gonna do just fine. You're still gonna, by the end of your career, you still would have made, you know, fifty to a hundred million dollars. You can live on that. Yeah, and I, I do think that obviously running backs are really they get screwed in in this new modern NFL and um and with the the, the salary structures and especially the rookie deals that kind of chew up a lot of their best years on fairly cheap deals. Now, thankfully for Dalvin, he did get the big contract second contract with the Vikings and so financially he should be in 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 really good shape um but I do think that he needs uh, it, it needs to be pointed out and and he needs to kind of prove it as you said of like this is not one of those running backs who just bounces from team to team because they don't have much left in the tank anymore I think that Dalvin needs to go to Miami and have a really productive year just to show that hey like I can still do this at a really high level and I'm not going to be you know one of those guys that just is you know comes to the Patriots you know Corey Dillon or whatever in 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 year nine or ten and kind of grinds out some yardage and, and and is a is a utility back um I still think he can be an explosive playmaker and and still can reel off some some highlight real plays but he's just got to be in the right situation to do that if he does 
just value sort of role in money over over that um he does have the the it, there is a danger that he ends up in the wrong situation and that if he has a bad season coming up that's when it gets i think really difficult for him to extend his career because you know he'll they'll have people just look at him like up oh, yeah the 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 treads off the tire here. So he's got to go somewhere where he can really be put in position to make big plays and, and show what he can do. And I think Miami is by far the best situation for him that way. Agreed. Let's get to the NFC North, the Super Bowl, Adam Thielen, some other topics around the Vikings and around the leagues. Once again, we want to tell you we're coming to the Aquarius Home Service Studios and we want to thank Aquarius Home Services. Scott here for Aquarius Home Services. Fantastic news. We're having a Kinetico Midsummer Mega Sale. Ready for worry-free water, spotless dishes, and softer clothes? Ready for purified drinking water and removing contaminants like lead and those forever chemicals you hear about on the news? Now through August 12th, Aquarius is taking 25% off Kinetico whole home water treatment systems. And as your independent authorized Kinetico dealer, it all starts with a free water analysis. Schedule today at KineticoMN.com. Thanks also to longtime sponsor TSR Injury Law, which also sponsors the John Krasinski Show and other shows across the network. All you have to remember is 612-TSR-TIME. They don't want you to need an injury lawyer, but if you need an injury lawyer, you need a good one. And they will not charge you unless they win your case, and they win a lot of cases. 612-TSR-TIME. 612-TSR-TIME. Also want to let you know that uh, big banks aren't the only ones with mobile apps and convenient financial services. I'd like to tell you about StarBank. StarBank is an independent community bank in Minnesota. They're family-owned and treat customer relationships as a top priority. You're not a customer number at StarBank, and they have no call center. It's just banking how it should be, a throwback to the good days. Mobile app check, convenient services, you got it. Check out StarBank for yourself. For deposits and lending solutions, work with a local community bank that cares, starbank.net, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. All right, Adam Thielen. What should happen with Adam Thielen this year and what will happen? Hmm. Um, I'll go first if you're thinking about it. Yeah, you go, you go first. I'm trying to formulate my thought. Okay, what should happen, and this is the dream scenario, he goes to Carolina, absolute new, new place. He finds fresh legs after not looking very spry last year. He helps Bryce Young become the rookie of the year, becomes mentor. He ends up benefiting statistically with his because of his rapport with the guy. Uh, he becomes a third down and red zone magnet, and he helps Carolina, you know, start ramping up toward being something special. That's what should happen. What will happen? Uh, pulled calf second week hmm. does absolutely nothing. Yeah, I mean, um, I love Adam Thielen. Um, I want to see him do well. It's and so. What yeah? What would be the best case scenario is that he is the safety blanket for the number one overall pick that 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 Bryce Young really needs to um to just settle into his role there in Carolina as the star quarterback. Now, one thing that makes me at least a little bit optimistic of of something like that happening is everything that you hear about Bryce Young is it feels like it's less about his athletic ability and more about his understanding and mental, you know, kind of hold on what needs to happen in that job. And so in some ways I'm, I'm hoping for um, Adam Thielen's sake that he, that Bryce Young comes in as a, 
as an uncommonly uh, with it uh, uh, quarterback and, and has a better grasp on the position and just where he needs to go with the ball, uh, the adjustments that he needs to make to uh, accommodate a player like Adam Thielen, who at his best is kind of a read the defense, find the holes, exploit the weaknesses and make plays that way. Um, so that that's the, that's the ideal scenario uh, what could happen. Uh, yeah, I, I certainly hope it's not an injury, but I, I just do. We've seen this so many times before Jim of um, players late in their careers. They relocate to a new um, team looking to sort of reinvent themselves, looking to recapture some of their, their old ways. And they just can't physically get there. Um, and so I'm concerned about the physical part of things for Adam Thielen. And is he just kind of slowing down a little bit? The other thing that I'm very concerned about for him is like who around him in that Panthers receiver core is going to take more of the attention away from him and, 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 and open things up to, to, you know, so that he can work the second and third cornerbacks and, and, and get it that way. If he's facing uh, more of the focal point of the offense or of the defense's attention uh, and does not have a Justin Jefferson by his side to, to open things up for him, I think it could be really difficult for him to find space for him to um, get open and for him to, to be effective. And so I hope I'm wrong about this, but uh, just from the, in, in terms of the weapons around Adam Thielen to help take some of the pressure off of him, I don't see it quite as much um, in Carolina, certainly not anywhere close to what the Vikings had. And, and Adam Thielen had a disappointing year for the Vikings. No doubt about it. All right. What should happen and what will happen in the NFC North? What should happen is the Vikings should win the division. Like I know that they have the defensive deficiencies, um, but they are, the team that has some sort of level of continuity from the offense. Um, they have a new defensive coordinator in that's going to make some tweaks to what they do and, um, and, and should address some of their weaknesses. And they just have a lot of star power on offense. Um, and so, you know, will they, should they go for 13 and four? Probably not, but they should win the division because you have green Bay that is going through a quarterback change and who knows what Jordan Love's going to bring. You have Chicago who is still a year or two away, at least from, from being legitimate. And you have the uppercomers in Detroit who I think are going to have the danger of being a little bit high on their own supply and like, and getting gassed up by, by everyone and, ex, and, and just ex, expecting a linear progression toward the division. Um, so this should be the Vikings division to win. Um, what could happen and what, or what will happen. I do think that there's a real scenario where Detroit just leapfrogs and continues that ascent. And the Vikings defensive issues are just too much for them to overcome. They don't get quite as they don't have quite the same, uh, success in, um, in, in, in close games that they had last year. And so they take a little step back and they're just, just behind Detroit in, um, in the NFC North. I think, uh, what should happen is the Vikings should win 11 games and that should be good enough to win the division. Will that happen? I actually think it will. I think they'll win 11 or 12 games, win the division. I think Detroit will be a mild disappointment. I think green Bay will look like a rebuilding team. And I think, I just think the bears are another year away, although I could see them improving 
fairly dramatically this year if they get fields going in the right direction. All right. Uh, last topic for the show. Uh, what should happen? What will happen? in terms of a Super Bowl matchup. Once again, this is the Viking Update Show. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, subscribe to your favorite podcast app. Check out TalkNorth.com for all of our other shows, including the John Krasinski Show on the Timberwolves, Chin Music with Roy Smalley and LaBelle Emile III, Jeff Diamond's Vikings and NFL Insider, Preps Today with John Millay, uh, with Joe Anderson, Dave Lee, outdoor content, variety content. Check it all out. And once again, thank you. Uh, what should happen and what will happen in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think, you know, what should happen is the two best teams should meet. And 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 so I do look at Philadelphia and Kansas City as the two clear best teams in the league. And so they should find a way to to get back to the Super Bowl and and play um and 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 have another showdown. Um but what will happen is historically uh in the NFL, there's a team that rises up and 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 surprises us or at least maybe plays above where we expected them to be in the long term maybe they 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 increase or they expedite the the success curve and they and they get there a little earlier like Philadelphia did last season and so I'm trying to find the teams that I think um are ready and but that would be just a mild surprise uh, to to get in. So to get a you know I, I think that I'm I'm going to look at Baltimore. Like I think that with Lamar Jackson back, with um, some of the changes that they've made offensively, he's happy with his contract. They're always good defensively, um, and they always have a lot of talent. So as of right now, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Baltimore, and I'm gonna say San Francisco if Brock Purdy gets back. Um, and and is healthy right away and ready to play. I think they're a really talented roster, and so I like to go a little bit against the grain, um, you know, at, at, in July, um, and and not just pick rematches. So I'm going to say what will happen is Baltimore, San Francisco in the uh, in the Super Bowl next February. Great minds think alike, and so do ours. Strangely, uh, really, I, yeah. Well, what should happen? The Chiefs should return to the Super Bowl and beat the Eagles again because Patrick Mahomes is the best and the Eagles are exceptional and Jalen Hurts is great and he's going to have another year on his, of experience. What will happen, uh, injuries will and and random officiating and all the other weird things that happen to teams trying to repeat will bite both those teams. Uh, they will not make it back because it's just hard to do it year after year in the NFL. And Joe Burrow beats uh, either Brock Purdy or Trey Lance in the Super Bowl. I like it. I like it. Um, see, this, Which this means is when the fact that I predicted it, the very fact that I predicted it means it has absolutely no chance of happening, but that'll be my, that's my July pick. See, we're all, we're always dangerous on this podcast, Jim. We're unpredictable. People come here to be surprised we and we, we, we surprised everyone. So there you go. We are not taking the easy way out with Kansas city, Philly. You're not going to get that here. You're going to get dangerous takes and that's, that's what we're, we're given right now. And we're going to do the Charlie Walters thing. We're going to predict every possible. Uh, <laughs> we're going to predict every possible Super Bowl matchup there is over the coming weeks, and then we'll be able to look back and say, "Hey, on July 28th, we were right about that one." Next next week, I'm taking Jacksonville and Detroit. Let's go. There you go. <laughs>